Hey, this is TJ Perkins, and you're listening to ROH Cast by ROHworld.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of ROH Cast. It's going to be a very special episode this week. My name's Harry. I'm the web designer and co owner of ROHworld.com. Once again, I'm joined by Stephen, who's one of the co owners and writer. Hi, everyone. And John, who's the executive writer. How are you doing? And we're also joined by a very special guest, uh, the latest Ring of Honor signee, TJ Perkins, is with us. How are you doing? Doing great. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on to the show today. Nah, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm pretty sure, I think Stephen's got um, some questions we'd like to talk with you about, so, you know, let's get started. Mm, got quite a, quite a few here for a, a good grilling. <laughs> um, and first and foremost, congratulations on the, uh, on the contract. I know... Um, you know, as as a website and as a podcast, we've been really supportive. Uh, you know, of you and saying that you should be, you know, be getting a contract for quite some time now. So, uh, you know, well, uh, yeah, congratulations. Ah, uh, thanks, Amy. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's, you know, I'm such a journeyman. I guess <laughs> people are always saying like I'm always bouncing around and never settling down. And um, uh, maybe it's just because my search for, you know, I was trying to learn something new or going to you know different places and never really settling down and um a lot of times when i plan to the opportunity is not always there and you know it's a timing thing and um you know for once i'm actually a company man so <laughs> it's all <laughs> yeah. it's all uh it's a wonderful experience to have uh the stress of not having uncertainty in my future you know like knowing where i where i'll be and where i need to go and being painted with certain colors is kind of kind of a nice thing so Mm, especially the added security is always a always a plus, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's nice to know. Uh, to know, I mean, it's the same vein as like knowing where you're going back home to. Um, at the end of the day, it's it's kind of nice um, having a, a steady ladder to climb instead of trying to climb multiple ladders, you know, everywhere else. So. Mm. And and the contract offer was it was it a thing that came about suddenly, or had you been in negotiations for for some time? Uh, I think, uh, the first, the first meeting I had about it was back in the springtime, maybe March or so. Uh, it was, um, around the time that I was last in New York for them. I had talked to, uh, to, uh, Jim and some of the guys about it. And, um, and we just kind of stayed in contact throughout the summer. And, uh, you know, the, the company itself, obviously, underwent so many big changes and and still are so um you know it it took some time and i'm just you know i'm just a cog in a very 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 big machine so i was just kind of waiting for the right time for all the stuff to come about mm, i suppose that the sinclair take takeover sort of uh slowed down the, the process as well didn't it a bit yeah you know i mean they have so many obviously they had so much big stuff on their menu it's like um um, I, and because of those changes, I, I think that's why the opportunity for guys like me to come in and add to, to the company, it's, it's how that came about. Otherwise, you know, there's some guys and it may be me too, that, that, uh, you know, wouldn't be included in the change of generation, so to speak. So, mm. and you say you met with, with Jim Cornette, did you meet with some of the guys from Sinclair? Um, no, actually I, uh, we began talking, I'm sure that, and I believe they've already, they've said this, uh, that they had the, the plans to, 
change over the company for like quite a while. But um, at the time that I was approached um, to come in steadily, um, it, they weren't uh, that hadn't come come to fruition yet. So um, mm. there was you know I wouldn't really have anybody to talk to from Sinclair because you know as far as I was concerned, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the TV shows debuted uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, you must be excited to be, you know, knowing that you're going to be shown around the world, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. It's uh, it's funny because, you know, I, um, I've i been in other forums where, or rather had other stages where I've been seen at, um, you know, at different levels and, and been seen by the rest of the world and, and having another one and with such a great, you know, supporting cast is um just just another uh, another plus but um so it's it's not one of those things where well it's a first for me and it makes me nervous or anxious or anything like that but it does make me anxious in the sense that this is probably the best atmosphere i've ever been in um you know except for maybe new japan but they don't speak english so i don't really (laughs) can't can't, they might hate me and i just don't even know it (laughs) they they all might not be getting along at all and i just think that it's that they are because they're speaking softly in another language (laughs) but um but you know I, i haven't had such a wonderful atmosphere where everybody's happy everybody's motivated and so you know it doesn't make me nervous to be on this large of a stage um i've been on large stages before it's just uh it's definitely the best one I've been on in terms of that. So it's, it, you know, I'm anxious to keep going. Mm, and I know you say about the negotiation started quite a few months ago. So, you know, even since then, Ring of Honor's, you know, grown so much. As I said, you've got the TV show now and, uh, you know, they're, they're really going worldwide, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they, uh, it seemed like they were going to have a really light schedule and all of a sudden, I mean, if you, like you could see on the calendar, they've kind of, you know, overloaded the end of the year compared to what they expected to have. And yeah. Mm. So, you know, the changes have come pretty quick. Mm. And, uh, you're scheduled to be, uh, to be in the next tapings, aren't you in Louisville? Have, have you got any idea of uh, who you'd be facing off against? Yeah. No idea. Um, uh, I did, uh, they had me speak about a few different guys, but I think that was for the, f- the, the next night for Collinsville um yeah i'm not sure who my opponent will be but um but you know like they they had me uh i taped a few interviews just like you know simple thoughts on some of the guys on the roster and uh, yeah i I assume that's kind of the talent pool that they'll be mixing me in with um but uh you know it's so even there i mean it's not there's not so many different levels like you would find in like a wwe or something so it's like it's it's unexpected who you might be in the ring with next so it's it's kind of cool in that way yeah and so do the uh, you know the, the backstage guys really give you you know an input on you know who you'll face and who you think you'll you know you'll you'll merge with well? Um, yeah, I mean, sort of like everybody, not just the office, but like uh, you know the other guys on the roster. Like um, we're always thinking about God, this would be a great matchup. These two guys, you know, j- not unlike any you know any other athlete, I guess, with any other sport. Like oh, imagine. Imagine if these guys played these guys or something like that. But yeah. Um, so you know, there's there is input there, but um, I don't know. I guess I'd <laughs> I'd have to be in a suit and tie and working behind the desk <laughs> to figure out how they do that process. I don't know. So if if Ring of Honor officials called you up tomorrow morning and said, you know, who would you like to face? You've got, you know, you can have the pick. Who who would you, who would you choose? 
One guy that I'd really like to to get in the ring with um, is maybe Michael Elgin. Uh, just, I, I'm so impressed with the guy. He's just such a beast, and I. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of, I feel like, uh, like when I first saw him, I didn't know much about him. But now that I've seen more of his stuff in the ring, it's guys built like that, and with the arsenal that he has, like the talent he has to offer, it that doesn't come around very often. And I feel like for me, a lot of guys would probably think offhand that I, you know you'd want to match up with somebody more of your stature, but I feel like the more interesting stuff comes out of me when I'm, you know, having to go up with a guy that's, you know, far different. So, and I think he's almost the antithesis of me. So. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's very, uh, you know, athletic though, isn't he? For, for a man his size, you know, he's quite, um, yeah, he's quite athletic, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, I'd say Elgin and, and, uh, you know, Eddie Edwards was on my short list of desired opponents, but I got to wrestle him in L.A. recently, um, and I'd love to do it again. It was part of why I'm so thrilled to be in Ring of Honor. So, mm. And, uh, you know, are there other guys on the roster you, you know, you feel you'd have uh, you know, good chemistry with? Because I know you faced off with the likes of Derry Richards before, haven't you? And uh, so, well, uh, Yeah, Davey, I, I, I actually, just because of uh, our record this year, I won a rubber match because um, – we had the the singles match earlier in the year, and uh, and he beat me. And then we wrestled in Japan, and I, I wish more people uh, were able to see it. They didn't. It wasn't it wasn't televised for TV, but uh, but then we had a singles match in Japan. And I beat him, and then he won the Ring of Honor title like a week later. So <laughs> I'm like thinking, hey, you know, I just beat the champ. Like I want my I want the rubber match. I want the third one. Like yeah. Uh, but, you know, Davey and I, we've just known each other so long and, and we're, you know, God permitting, we're going to be in this game for a long time. So I'm sure we'll be wrestling a lot more. But j- just because of that, I want one more this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. If I were in a tag team, I'd really love to wrestle Future Shock because I've wrestled Kyle before and I, you know, I think the world of him and I think Adam is incredibly talented and he's the guy that's. I think people are really underselling how important he's going to be to a place like Ring of Honor in the future. So, mm, they're definitely, uh, to, you know, they're definitely taking Ring of Honor by storm, haven't they, as a as a team? Yeah, I just, I, I think uh, of all the young guys, they may be the two te- most talented guys they have, um, and not even maybe just in Ring of Honor, maybe everywhere. Uh, they've just got so much potential. So, they're they're mm. two more guys I would add to the list. Yeah, so it's a growing list, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, you mentioned your uh, you work in Japan. What will, will that continue? Just you know, despite the uh, the contract with Ring of Honor. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's not a problem. And, and uh, with um, you know, with Davey working so heavily with New Japan, and uh, and I believe New Japan is interested in in a lot of the the guys here, at Ring of Honor. So. Um, you know, we could be looking at more involvement in the future as a group, but, you know, I don't know about all that specifically. I know for me that the door's wide open for that stuff. And, and Jim and a lot of the guys know that, you know, so much of my career has been built on working so many different places. So, um, you know, it's not at all, it's not at all a closed door for me to go you know, back to Japan or back mm. to Mexico, if I so felt, you know, back to, you know, obviously, like going back to Europe or any of the things that I would want to do. Um, 
so New Japan is definitely still on my horizon. Mm, and yeah, as you say, Davey's you know very heavily involved in the in Japan. And to be honest, you, you got quite a bit of criticism from the you know the Ring of Honor fans for missing the uh, you know Death Before the Sun and Nine. Is that something that you've you know you've sort of um, heard about? And is it something that maybe you know it'll bring you uh, bring up some reservations at all? Or um, I. I, I want to say I've heard like from some of the guys that Davey was <laughs> getting put upon a little bit from from some of the faithful about it, but and Kevin um, Steen as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I I uh, I don't know. I mean, like as far as my take on it, it you know, he's he's I don't know. He's wrestling, man. I mean, <laughs> it's it's just uh, it's a complicated stage in a lot of guys' careers at this point with how big ring of honor has grown. And so the responsibilities of each individual guy changes almost overnight. Like we were just talking about how, um, you know, in the beginning of this where, you know, with Sinclair coming in and the company has changed so much just over the summer that it's like, you know, it, it almost moves faster than some of the guys careers do. And I think that's kind of the case with Davies is he's stuck with, uh, so much on his menu. And, yeah. Uh, but I mean, you, uh, the way I kind of look at it is like, like, um, you know, like, okay, so like I live in LA and, you know, we have a soccer team out here, David Beckham plays for us, but you know, he's always going and doing other things cause he wants to qualify for the world cup and he wants to play in Europe and, you know, he gets criticism for losing time for a squad that he's supposed to be dedicated to, but it's not like he's not here helping us. He just has so much more in his career that he wants to do still. So um, I guess from a certain aspect, you respect the athlete because you know he's he's trying his best to do as much as he can. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you mentioned that you uh you know you're living in LA. Will, will that you know throw up any any problems? Because you know Ring of Honor are a mainly you know um, Eastern based uh, you know US promotion. So you know will that cause any problems, or are you confident of uh, you know overcoming that? You know, I I think that has always been a main factor with. Uh, me being able to settle down in certain places. That's kind of why I've moved so much. I mean, I've, I lived in Canada for a few months, like several years ago, I moved to Mexico for a year when I wanted to work there, moved to Japan when I wanted to work there, moved to Florida when I wanted to do some other stuff. Like I've, I've moved a lot, you know, I've stayed with friends in, in Philadelphia or New York for, you know, um, extended periods of time. Um, and I think, you know, whenever, whenever I'm living here, it does affect things like that. But, uh, um, as, as of, you know, how it was put to me, it's not really a concern right now anymore. Um, which, yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I, I don't, I don't know if that makes me important or some kind of a big shot, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that, uh, that, um, you know, it's not really an issue. Uh, and so far, I don't know, uh, I don't know how Ring of Honor's official plans are, but I mean, my schedule for the rest of the year is is pretty much full with them. Um, I, I only think there's maybe a, a couple dates or something that I might not be on the schedule, but everything else it does hasn't seemed to be a problem. So hmm, that's good. Um, I mean, you've made lots of appearances for Ring of Honor over over the years, you know, uh, here and there. But what would you say has been your favorite, you know, match or, or moment in Ring of Honor so far? Uh, it was kind of nice to to have that match with Davy in L.A. Uh, the funny thing is, it's like you'd think 
being in your hometown, it would be like this nice experience, but people in LA hate me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know why. I, I, I can think that we, LA has the opposite stigma. If you're from New York and you're fighting or wrestling in New York, you might get, you know, overwhelming support. Like, you know, when Raw's in Chicago, CM Punk has never been hotter. And, uh, it, but like in LA, it's like the exact opposite. It's like we want, like <laughs> we like the guy who's not from here. Just we're just like that in a way. But it was nice because I came in and you know Davey's so popular, and we had this long, really hard match. And uh, by the end of it, it was like my stock had changed with the local, with you know everybody here. And um, um, so that was kind of pleasant, just because it was like watching, watching myself be accepted while you know, getting punched in the face, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, so that was kind of nice. And it was a nice match to have, you know, here in my own backyard. Mm. In terms of, you know, your, uh, your background in the wrestling uh, business, I mean, you've, you've been labeled as one of the youngest veterans in the business and, you know, you've, you've got loads of experience. And, uh, when did you make your, uh, debut in the ring? Well, according to the ring of honor website, uh, I debuted in 2011. So, uh yeah i uh i've been wrestling since i was 14 so i guess i'm almost 15 now Uh, (laughs) but uh actually and they even corrected it to say 2001 which is also cutting me a bit short i i actually started in 1999 um i started in 99 i was about 14 i was a freshman in high school and uh most of the early matches and stuff i had were border shows like working in tijuana because it's kind of hard to get work a lot of times um especially when you know you're inexperienced so i'd find some stuff here in la or or you know wherever in the southern california area but then i'd I'd have to kind of drift down and do some like lucha libre stuff and being so young too like you you almost have to have a mask and some kind of attire that's going to make up for your youth so Mm -hmm. And uh, if you know, if you made your debut when you were fourteen, when uh, did you start training? Uh... Uh, when I was fourteen, it was, I was uh, I was probably training only for a few months before I had uh, my first matches. Um, I don't concede at all that I was great enough to be in matches <laughs> in that time, but but uh, a lot a lot of the basic skills I picked up pretty naturally. I, I don't remember ever having to be told twice to ever have to do anything and. Uh, um, I was always, you know, a very dedicated athlete. Like when I was growing up, I played every, every major sport and, and my father was trying to get me to get a scholarship for baseball or football or something to go to college. So, you know, the athletic portion of it wasn't hard for me. Being small was a little hard for me. Um, but wrestling, I mean, I mean, we're all fans, right? I mean, it's like we all uh, we all kind of know what what we're being asked to do when we go in there. It uh, and it takes years to learn to learn the system and to really learn the game, like to be a veteran, so to speak. And I don't even think that I qualify as that now. But you know, in the beginning, just like any other person that enjoys it, you you kind of know what's being asked of you. So it's not it's not yeah. too difficult. And uh, that first, your first ever match, do you, do you remember that? Do you know who it was against? And I, uh, it was a, a tag team match in, it was on Cinco de Mayo in 99. It was uh, at a Mexican wrestling show in, just outside of LA. 
And uh, I was there with a guy that from the gym that I started training at. Um, his name was – we wrestled under the name Rage. And uh, I was in a tag with two other guys that I don't – I never met in the first place. And to this day, I don't think I ever learned their names. <laughs> and, uh, two other dudes, they didn't speak English. And uh, <laughs> we had this uh, this big tag team match. And um, all I remember is doing – you know, getting in a couple, a few head scissors and some things. And, uh, I believe, uh, my compensation for the day was a new mask. Cause the promoter didn't like the one I had. <laughs> they thought it was, Oh no, no. I remember it was cause, uh, the mask was a hand-me-down and belonged to somebody else. But since it was a Mexican wrestling show there, it was, you know, unacceptable. So, <laughs> um, so they gave me one that, that didn't belong to somebody else. And that was my compensation for the day. Uh, and one of those, uh, stray head scissors, I, I got, uh, dropped on my head. That was, that was their way of saying that's enough, I guess. And then, uh, uh, a makeshift power bomb. And then that was it. So, and you know, you, you said you've, you know, you've worked a lot in, um, Mexico and Japan. Is it, is it difficult to overcome the language barrier or is it, you know, you've sort of got used to it now, I suppose. Um, no, it's not. It's not difficult. I mean, uh, in Mexico, is it was a little bit more difficult at times, which is weird because I know a lot more Spanish than I do Japanese. But, um, but uh, the communication is is, uh, I guess, more stubborn is the way to put it. Um, so that's a little difficult when you don't speak all of the language. But I mean, wrestling. In terms of wrestling speaking, I can uh, I can speak locker room Spanish pretty good, so it wasn't <laughs> wasn't really a problem after a while. And Japan, you don't really I don't I don't know that I've ever even had to have a conversation to this day that it's, <laughs> as far as wrestling goes, it's just kind of uh, kind of is what it is. Um, I'm sure everybody, or not everybody, I don't want to oversell myself, but many people have seen. Uh, the uh, semi-war I had with Tiger Mask this year. So uh, <laughs> that's an example of just you know, how it goes over there. Sometimes you just go in and, and you're just fighting, man. Like, it's not <laughs> there's not a whole lot of language barrier involved. Um, but I know some locker room Japanese as well, so that kind of helps me out. Yeah. Uh, was there, you know, one particular wrestler or one particular match that uh, made you think, you know, yeah, I want to be a wrestler when you were, when you were growing up? You know, when I was, uh, well, I always, I always wanted to be a wrestler. I can't remember ever not watching it. Like my earliest memories, I was like two or three, and uh, my dad used to watch it with me in the living room. And I remember like the old WWF, like Saturday night opening and stuff to the show. Like it's ingrained in my memory. Um, <laughs> but uh, wh maybe when I was about twelve, they had WrestleMania here in in uh, Anaheim in Southern California, and that was the first Iron Man match. And I remember thinking, like, at that time, it's like, I know I love all this. I've always loved it all my life, but I, I want to do that. I want to be that guy. Like, so, you know, just watching Brett and Sean have that match was just amazing. And to this day, it's still my favorite match to watch. It's just, uh, you know, it's it speaks volumes about how multi-talented the guys are to be on that stage in that type of a company but still be putting forth, like, the quality of, you know, athleticism that they did and the, the quality of wrestling. It's just amazing. It's, I, 
I can't believe that more people still don't talk about it, like how great it is, because it's just such an amazing demonstration of wrestling. So yeah. And uh, was there a particular wrestler that you were, uh, you know, you, would you say you, you had a favorite wrestler of all time, or? Um, I, you know, I've always kind of narrowed it down to three guys that were very influential to me. Um, uh, Shawn Michaels was one of them. Uh, still is. Uh, Eddie Guerrero is probably my favorite wrestler ever. Um, a lot of what I've learned as far as wisdom in wrestling, um, um, you know, th- elements that make you into like a veteran came from the Guerrero family. Um, so many of them passed through California. And ironically, Eddie's the only one I never met. Uh, I went to his funeral. It was the only time I've ever seen him. <laughs> mm. uh, but they've uh, they had such a great mind for wrestling, and every single one of them, Ch- both Chavo uh, Senior and Junior, Mondo and Hector, they've all passed on so many great lessons to me over the years. And uh, you know, so Eddie is always, maybe always will be my favorite, just because I just I I think pound for pound he probably was the best ever. Mm. Um, and Tiger Mask. He's, I guess it speaks for itself, some of the things I do, but I think that uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, when you take uh, organic ability to be a lightweight, you know, junior style wrestler uh, and, you know, to mix catch style wrestling and, uh, and uh, MMA, uh, he's just, nobody did it more natural than him. So, mm, definitely. And, uh, Back now to the uh, you know to Ring of Honor kind of uh, things. So we we think that you made your debut at the fifth year festival Philly against uh, against Nigel McGuinness. So uh, we right in, in thinking that? Uh, no, actually, I. Uh, oh, I, oh, that's bad first... journalism there. <laughs> <laughs> my first uh, first appearance in Ring of Honor was actually the very first final battle in two thousand three. They oh, had no. a, a two part show that day, so I was on the afternoon card. And uh, I was wrestling as Puma, and I wrestled Josh McDan or Josh Daniels. Josh Daniels, yeah, yeah. Mm. And um, so that was that was my first appearance there. I don't even know if the company was a year old yet. It was pretty pretty early on. Um, yeah. So and, was, that, uh, was that match against uh, Nigel the first as TJP, or were we still? No, that, that's that. Uh, that is actually correct. When he, oh, uh, okay, then. <laughs> when 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 he played target practice with my chin, that was uh, <laughs> that was my first uh, non-mass appearance. I think so. First was final battle, and then every year I came in two or three times as Puma since then. So '04, I came in a few times, wrestled Homicide and James Gibson, and um, came back later and did some stuff with the Embassy and tagged with Jimmy Rave, and I wrestled. Uh, Roderick and Aries in a tag uh, like once or twice. Uh, Ricky Reyes, uh, but yeah, that was the first non-mask one was Nigel. Mm. And if if you had to describe to someone why you know why Ring of Honor was so you know so different from uh, you know every other promotion, what sort of things would you say? What makes it you know what makes it unique? You know, I think the 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 thing about it was it changed the generation of wrestling. Like uh, it kind of brought about. A generation that it is now actually leaving behind and 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 it's evolving itself but it was the it was kind of what led to the whole um excuse me it was it led to the whole uh the dvd generation and the dream match generation um 
Ring of Honor created super cards, you know? You didn't see that mm. before. It was like every Ring of Honor show was uh, like a pay-per-view. Um, I remember hearing Gabe say it when I was at Dragon Gate. He'd say it a million times uh, that early on when he was working, it was like, God, we had matches that we'd have two or three main events we were giving away in one show. And it was the truth. I mean, you had all these guys. And so much of the wrestling world got patterned after that. And it is to this day. Look at Pro Wrestling Gorilla. It's a, <laughs> it's just an all-star show every time you see it. Um, and uh, obviously that kind of atmosphere is hard to sustain for a long period of time. And it definitely shortens guys' careers creatively and physically too sometimes. But, uh, you know, it, it ushered in a big change in in generation. And, and uh, to me, that's what I'll always remember it for is that, like, when I first started, I mean, it was the '90s. <laughs> like wrestling was different. I, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember websites for wrestling. I don't remember I, DVDs weren't being produced for wrestling. Like it, I don't remember stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, overnight, it was like, you know, we want to see this guy and this guy, and 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 uh, and this match is so high rated. And it's like, well, how do you rate a match? What is this? Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I don't understand this. And like, you know, you you just. I think it takes retrospect to see the landscape, how much it changed because of Ring of Honor. So, mm. and a lot, a lot of guys talk about you know the, the locker room. I mean, mm. I know a lot of the other mainstream promotions sort of get slated for their you know lack of harmony backstage. I mean, and uh, you know what's the uh, locker room like at Ring of Honor? You know, it's always been wonderful. Every time I've come in, um, I didn't like how we were saying in the last question. I I didn't really like necessarily the the way that the landscape changed. Um, the, the, the dream card generation necessarily. But one thing I always say, like, even though it just seemed like I didn't always like the direction of, of, uh, not just there, but anywhere just in independent wrestling, um, the locker room was always a very pleasant place to be. I don't know if I could even say that about anywhere else. I mean, other than maybe new Japan, I, I don't remember being in a place where it was like, um, just so peaceful. I mean, you could just tear down the walls and everybody can change in one collective giant room. And, uh, you know, everybody had such respect for each other and still do. Um, you know, it speaks. And it's not the same guys that are there from day one. You know, the, the roster now is not, you know, I was there in 03 and I remember, you know, being there with the Briscoes. Um, and they were younger guys in, in singlets and stuff. <laughs> um, but, uh I, uh, I'm hard pressed to think of, you know, very many other people that are there now that were there then when I saw it in the beginning. Mm. And so that, you know, that mindset, that respect has been passed on, even though the same people aren't even there. It's, yeah. it's amazing, you know? Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, Ring of Honor gets praised as well for, for its fans. What sort of experience, you know, have you had of the uh, Ring of Honor fan? Yeah, they're rowdy and loud and uh, <laughs> very generous at times. I mean, there's sometimes, uh, you know, especially previously where I, I felt like I just didn't have the magic that night. But because they're so supportive, you know, sometimes they help you find it. And uh, and even if you don't find it, they make you feel like you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I think it's... You know, going to 
traveling around and doing independent cards in different places and, and also having the luxury of being in major promotions like a CMLL or doing shows for WWE or something like that. So you see in major promotions that like with, you know, very big mainstream following fans will, you know, wait around and it's a big deal to meet them and stuff like that. And then you see on smaller cards, it's just not the same. It's like going to see your favorite band play at a bar and you're not really starstruck by it, but Ring of Honor, even when they were at a smaller, non-mainstream level, its guys were so supportive. They were in awe of us, even when they would meet us in real life. And it was like, I, I just, you know, that kind of support is, uh, I would say you just don't see that every day, but I just, you don't see that ever. I mean, that's amazing to me. I think that's, and it's so cool that it's still that way after all these years. I mean, recently I've, it's been brought to my attention, like Ring of Honor's outlived ECW's years uh, in terms of how long it's been in office and also Smoky Mountain or some and some others like it's like yeah to to have that long of a run and I think they're more passionate now than they may have ever been I've never heard them more rowdy than they were in Louisville and it's like that's awesome to to gain momentum like most of the time you just lose momentum I mean yeah <laughs> so uh, I think that's incredible Mm, and you know, you, you've traveled all, all over the world, um, you know, to so many different uh, continents and countries. If you had to pick, what you know, the, the funniest thing that's ever happened to you on your travel, that is it, you know, one particular story that sort of that sticks in your in your mind. Funny things. Um, sort of putting you on the spot there. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Uh, uh, this one, I wish I I, I had a. Uh, more time. I'll have I'll have maybe alternate stories if you know for future uh, for future appointments with you guys because there's yeah. so, so many things. Uh, we can make it a weekly uh, weekly thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, the TJP's weekly story. Yeah. Um, well, let me see. Um, I'm trying to think of something offhand that people would be entertained by. Uh, when I was doing the. Uh, I was just talking about this uh, the other day, or yesterday, actually. Um, so I'll tell this story. It's actually from New Japan. Um, I was doing the Young Lions Cup when I was 19 or so, maybe like 2004, something like that. And um, I had opened the show, the first show of the tour with uh, the other American on the tour. His name is Chad Wicks. He's one of the dicks from WWE. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Later <laughs> on. Uh by gimmick, not by reality. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we had to do a twenty. We were we had to uh, wrestle for twenty minutes, um, and we, you know we need we were aiming to go the distance. And uh, by uh, we uh, <laughs> we got quite unsportsmanlike, you know, maybe just a few minutes in. And he's from Iowa. He's a great amateur wrestler. And, uh, you know, I was getting really into my boxing and stuff at the time and also my wrestling. So it, it really turned into a, <laughs> into a, uh, a slugfest versus grappler contest. And we came back and he was missing a tooth and people were freaking out because it was getting out of hand. And uh, um, I want to say a couple nights later, uh, Nakanishi, the heavyweight. This is actually the funnier part of the story. I don't, I don't really know why I mentioned the fight, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple nights later, Somewhere in the tour, um, heavyweight wrestler Nakanishi wanted me to carry his bags like I was a young boy, which I wasn't so unused to. But, but uh, uh, and actually, I just kind of thought it was funny. So we were we were walking around the city, 
wherever town we were in after the show one night, and I was carrying around his man purse, so to speak, <laughs> and uh, and uh, basically just following 10 feet behind him everywhere he went. I don't know why he asked me to carry his stuff in the first place, but he ended up going to a bar that was upstairs somewhere. Downstairs happened to be all the other uh, New Japan wrestlers, or, or most of the heavyweight roster, Nagata and Nishimura at the time, and some of the... Like, like really cool guys that, that I got along with very well. So eventually I got bored of sitting upstairs. And I went downstairs, found them there. They were there with uh, Kendo Kashin as well, who was with All Japan at the time. And uh, uh, Nishimura was so drunk and upset that I was made to be carried bags that he was trying to stumble upstairs to fight Nakanishi in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> A member of the same roster. And uh, Nagata and Kashin had to hold him back and uh, stuff him in a cab and send him on his way. Uh, that was a, a kind of a funny story I remember um, there's much funnier stuff I wish I had more time to think <laughs> well yeah if you come up with some you're always welcome to come back and, uh, yeah, and tell some more <laughs> I'm going to write them down so I remember them offhand so I don't have to tell really crappy ones later <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of the uh, you know, near future with Ring of Honor we've got um, Survival of the Fittest coming up in, uh, in Dayton on uh, 18th of November so uh, you know, that, that'd be a, a great uh, you know, chance to make an instant impact, wouldn't it? Are you uh, you know, confident of, of getting in, in that tournament? Oh, I hope so. I don't, know, I don't know if I'm in the field for it. Um, I have no idea who's... I, like, all, the selection process is like every day somebody gets announced. It's, I'm sure a lot of guys are thinking, God, I hope, that, uh, I, hope I get included. Um, I had the pleasure of doing it in 2007. Um, I wish I could do it now. I think it would make a much bigger impact. But um, but I don't know. So uh, yeah, it'd be it'd be nice to be included in that. I, I think it'd be great just because uh, coming back to the company, it'd be a, a nice statement to make. Yeah, mm. and that that but, would, uh, maybe set up the uh, rubber match with Davey as well, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd be taking it by force, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> systematically eliminate other people's chances, but um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how the brackets will shape up, but uh, but I guess we'll see about that. Yeah, uh, I for one would uh, you know really like to see you in it. So, mm. and I, th- I think that's um, that's all we've got for the the questions. I believe uh, John has got some um, some topics that users have sent in. So, if these are John, awful, if it's he's... not awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are just some fan questions. Some of them are already been answered, but uh. Let's go through them real quick. The first one's from at PA020185. Uh, what made you want to wrestle under the mask as Puma? On a side note, I haven't been this excited for an addition in years, so he's happy to see you on the roster. So, uh, uh, what made you <laughs> on the mask? Um, I'm happy he's excited. It's great uh, to have that kind of a support. <laughs> um, Puma came about because uh, when I debuted in New Japan, the first couple tours that I did, they noticed that I had, I, I don't really now, but at the time, I had a lot of similarities to the first Tiger Mask. Um, the, the the way I used my wrestling and my mannerisms, my movement was a lot more. So um, there were a couple nights where they had me tagging with previous versions of Tiger Mask, like like Tiger 4 and, and Kenemoto and stuff like that. And uh, and then they approached me one day after you know a few tours, and they said, look, um, you know, do you, we'd like you to make a uh, create a character, and uh, it would be like the American version of it. 
So, you know, I sat down with a, uh, an artist for the company and they drew up an idea of how it could look and the costume was ridiculously complicated and not possible to even be made. <laughs> so we had to do a bunch of changes when I went to Mexico. And then uh, uh, we took down a list of names and I ended up just choosing Puma because I was wearing the shoes. <laughs> and also, uh, you know, Minoru Tanaka at, my, at the time was a, kind of a good mentor of me. So he had he had taken on a new moniker as Heat, and it was a cool little four-letter name, all capitals. And I thought it'd be really cool to kind of do the same thing and basically just rip them off. Um, <laughs> so that was that, and that's how that came about. So, what what made you uh, sort of drop it as well? I mean, you, you decided to go just as uh, you know TJP. Was there something you know uh, that? really uh, made you uh, decide to change well you know like I've always from the beginning and I've, I've never changed my mind on this uh, that I always saw that you know barring my health I want to have a long career and you know it doesn't really matter what I'm doing when I'm young you know someday especially because when I was younger I wasn't in a position to be you know a major player anywhere I mean I'm 14 15 or you know, even 22 or 23 years old, what am I going to do at that age, you know? So, um, you know, I always thought I, I should do my best to, uh, to learn everything I can. And part of that is putting yourself in different positions. So, you know, you learn, you just want to learn to wrestle in the beginning. You want to travel and you want to do different things. So taking on a different character was just, I, I thought it, would, it was a good way to improve my standing with uh, New Japan which I think it did to this day. They still call me Puma. Everybody still kind of does anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think people realize I'm not that anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, provided an opportunity to, uh, to go to TNA at the time when, uh, when uh, they, they were using me often. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, recently I had taken a character for the MTV show, uh, Sadistico, and uh, Lucha Vavoom, which is a traveling Lucha company in the U.S., they don't do DVDs or anything like that. But um, um, I have a different character there. Um, it's kind of like Alex Wright mixed with Shawn Michaels under a mask. It's very, uh, <laughs> very, very uh, typical babyface, slightly flamboyant type thing. Um, <laughs> and you know, I just like you know things like that come up, and I like to take them because uh, you know, like. You watch certain guys, like, you see Eddie Guerrero in 95, and he just seems so bland, like he's got no emotion. You know, he had to find some way to grow and to develop. And so for me, it's the same thing. You know, like, if I want to learn certain things, I'll go do it. You know, I'll go, I'll go box, and I'll go uh, get on the mat and actually learn, you know, catch wrestling and jiu-jitsu as a character. I'll take on different characters so I can, you know, develop and tap into parts of my charisma that weren't there before, so... You know, hopefully someday when I'm 30 and I'm reaching more of like, you know, my prime years, like the do or die years, I'm, I'll be a complete wrestler. So, mm -hmm. so our uh, next question is from Macklin, who's at Curbside Hero on Twitter. And uh, he said, what's your favorite match of all time? And he goes, I thought your match against Davey was one of mine. And uh, you said earlier it was the... Uh, Iron Man match at WrestleMania 12. Are there any other matches that stick out in your mind as just favorite matches? Yeah, there's a few. Um, two out of three falls match with Guerrero and Malenko. Their uh, farewell from ECW was one. Um, uh, 
uh, Tiger Mask and Stephen Wright. They had a, a junior title match, which doesn't make any sense to me because Stephen Wright's huge. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that was fantastic. It, it, I recommend people watch that. If, if you ever go on YouTube, you could find it. Um, and then the title match with Pat O'Connor and Buddy Rogers from uh, NWA, so, uh, I think 1959, Comiskey Park. Uh, that's a great one too. Uh, those, those, those ones are probably my favorite ones to watch. If, if you had to pick one match of, of yours for, say, to, you know, for someone who's trying to get someone else, to, you know, to, you know, in, in, into you, so, so to speak, but if you had to pick one match, well, you know, which one would you pick? I might say, uh, me versus Sawa. Um, the match I had with Minoru Sawa was, was, uh, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's definitive of me physically. Like, so, I mean, there's so many things I didn't even do, but I just think uh, to get a theme of, like, who I am and, and uh, like, I guess, like, my emotional and, and uh, you know, the theme of me as a fighter itself, like, you can kind of see it there. It's just so unique and different, the, the things and the way we approached the match. Um yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good one that's definitive of me. Um, there's maybe one or two matches that I had uh, in TNA that were pretty good as Puma, um, but that's just a demonstration of, you know, physical stuff that I can do. Um, yeah. You know, it's not really that important. And I'd say the Davey one that I had recently was really uh, pretty close to something. It's hard because, you know, some of the best matches I've had, you know, took place that, you know, they weren't being recorded or being followed. It just kind of happens yeah. that way. When when you travel as much as I do, you end up having some matches in places where you're like, geez, I wish I did this one in Chicago when they were taping it for DVD. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I, uh, some of the CML stuff I did with uh, the Havana Brothers versus uh, Ricky Marvin and Virus and Volador. Um, I think, uh, again, it's not definitive of me now, but at the time and and uh to demonstrate like you know my growth and the changes and things like that's a pretty good one the uh, match against sawa you're talking about was, was that the evolved match yeah yeah it was uh january 2010 i, I don't know <laughs> i can't remember <laughs> when it was but it was that one the first the first evolve card how would you say like the experience of like wrestling evolved like the style and the just atmosphere evolved compares to Ring of Honor. Well, you know, the style wasn't any different than being on any other wrestling show. I mean, that was, um, I was really excited for the concept, but in reality, it was more of a gimmick than anything else because a lot of the guys were, um, you know, they're all very, they're all awesome guys, but they're all, it's the same that they would do anywhere else. So it's almost like, why don't you just say that they are what they are and let people enjoy it that way? Um, I did like the record system. That was really cool. But the foresight of it wasn't big enough to see the problems that would, would arise with the records, you know, because, you know, when you want when you want to further certain fighters over others and when you want to push certain guys over others, like, but you're adhering to statistics. I mean, nature's going to speak for itself. You know, Gorilla had that problem with me in the beginning. Um they didn't want me to uh, be in upper card matches, but they felt like I was a good enough caliber wrestler that I shouldn't be losing undercard matches. So 
like I want to say like after a few years, the fans were saying this guy's like 50 and 0. Like why isn't, he winning, <laughs> why isn't he wrestling for the heavyweight title? And you know I started egging him on after a while because I knew I was like you know gorillas running into a problem. They they don't want to bury me, but they don't want to push me. But people are catching on, and I think with Evolve and they had the statistics system right there in front of you. It's like it speeds up the process and guys are, it kind of, you run into problems. Um, I love the locker room there, but, um, as it pertains to them in ring of honor, it's just, yeah, it's hard to compare cause it's just two different leagues. I mean, ring of honor is just not, it's not independent wrestling anymore. I mean, it's just a major thing and the influence is gigantic and people just don't realize it. I mean, geez, just announcing that I signed with the company that my, Twitter is blown up like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm fake famous now like it's, you know like the influence is much farther than people give it credit for um so I mean this and you know operating for television and operating at that level I mean it's like comparing it's like going to UFC and seeing you know a you know major arenas with such a heavy following and such programming um that's being put into it and then comparing it to like a local fight card, which I mean, the local fight card is entertaining and it's great. And you got young and hungry guys, but the operation is different. You know, it's just not going to be the same. It's, it's not to discount one or the other. It's just different. And uh, our next question is, we also uh, talked about this a little bit earlier is from at T T wrestling fan. And also said by Patrick on the Facebook page, who would you like to wrestle in Ring of Honor that you've never wrestled before? We touched on that earlier, but is there any other others besides Elgin and uh, Future Shock that you think has like a bright future in Ring of Honor that you'd like to uh, wrestle? I might say Kenny, Kenny King. Um, he's in a tag team, and I, I think they're great as a team. But like Kenny, also as himself, I just think that he's uh, and Rhett too. Uh, you know, as a singles guy, like. Both of them are, are more talented than people get to see because they work together. Uh, Kenny, you know, I, I know pretty well, and I just, you know, I get along with him, and I, I just think it would be it would be great to see what we would do getting in the ring against each other. Um, and I, I got to see him kind of fly on his own uh, down in Florida a bit. He was working uh, for FIP, and I got to see some of – his potential when he's by himself and he's kind of left to his own devices. And I, th I think he's really untapped so far. So our next question comes from at W L H Stu, which uh, is what former ring of honor workers do you wish you could wrestle? Uh, I wish I would have been able to work with punk more. I wrestled him a few times, never in ring of honor. Um, I'm still good friends with them to this day, but it's like, uh, uh, I wish that when we were in the same places that we could have mixed in more often. Um, I might say Joe too, same exact story as punk, you know, like still a buddy of mine and just somebody I think, God, we could do some great stuff. And I've wrestled them everywhere, but ring of honor, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and maybe low key, uh, I've never wrestled him anywhere ever in my life, um, not even in my dreams. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want to, but <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely be but, a uh, great match. Yeah, but I, you know, I deep down I really do think I would. He's another guy. I uh, 
I know really well and um, often we're not in the same place at the same time. When he was in New Japan, I wasn't. When he was in TNA, I wasn't. When I was, he was somewhere else, you know. Um, and, uh, and now he, you know, now might be a cool time because he's got the freedom to do whatever he wants. So we'll see what he, where he goes, but he's another guy I might say. And our final, uh, fan question is from at Denim Dave. And he said, what happened with your tryouts in WWE and TNA? Oh, um, Here's a pretty good story, actually, that uh, <laughs> this kind of sums it up for that question and also uh, may redeem my funny story from earlier. The last time I uh, I wrestled for WWE, if I remember correctly, I had a match with uh, Sheamus on television. And um, um, I don't know that it's really seen as a tryout. You just kind of get called to do matches. They're not necessarily tryouts. You just you know, calling you to work just like you would for any other place. Um, so I came in and I was working out in the ring during the day with, uh, with, uh, TJ Wilson, who's a really good friend of mine. And, you know, we're wrestling we we're both technical wrestlers. At least we take pride in it a lot. So we're doing a lot of stuff. And, uh, I, uh, I threw TJ in my, my leg lock, the finish that I normally do. And, uh, Seamus was going to work, or I didn't know where I was going to wrestle Seamus later, <laughs> but, uh, and I knew Seamus from Florida because he was in developmental at the time that I had got there. Um, he came in the ring and he asked me to show him, but at this time I had done so many matches and tryouts and things for WWE and it was just burnt out on trying to, uh, find the answers that they want. And, um, I just, you know, instead of being politically correct, I, uh, you know, he asked me to show him that and I asked him for 10 bucks. <laughs> and, uh, he he kind of did a double take and laughed but i i stared at him blankly uh i you know i don't know he might have given me 10 bucks man <laughs> um and uh you know but in my mind i was thinking and i had thought this before i went there that day i was like you know next time i come in and i'm doing all this because i'd come in and wrestle guys before the show and there are times when the whole roster was watching and i'd wrestle the guy for 15 minutes and then they'd give us this like standing ovation like like we did this great stuff and i'm like that's great can i have a job <laughs> um and nothing ever comes up of it and then your stuff just ends up on tv with other guys so then i i, I remember thinking like that's bs man like i spent my life learning this stuff you should uh have more pride in your own work so that happened that day and I asked him for 10 bucks. He walked away. And then later they told me I was wrestling him in singles and, and he murdered me. Um, and that was kind of indicative of the last few times I went. It's just like I couldn't have broken more rules the last few times I went. So I don't know if that means – I don't know if they're paying attention and they just thought, screw this guy. We're not, we're not going to use him for anything. But, uh, I, you know, I just – after a while you just want to pursue other things and – that's kind of how I ended up here because I just, you know, I want to go back to Japan. I want to come back to Ring of Honor. I want to do stuff that matters, you know. Is that the uh, last of the fan questions, John? Yeah, that was the last one. Um, is there anything else you'd like to ask TJ before we let him go? I think, I think we should let him go now. He's probably got more important things to do. <laughs> <laughs> anything you guys ever want, guys. I don't, I don't do anything but train and go to the gym so <laughs> or play video games i don't know what sort of games you're playing at the moment um 
playing StarCraft with my friends. I haven't had a good computer in a long time, so they're bugging me to get it. Uh, I don't know. I play a lot of PS3 now. I got um, mostly sports games. You know, I play Madden or hockey. play FIFA usually, but usually it's kind of hard to get when it comes out because everybody buys them all up. <laughs> got Fight Night and some other stuff. So. Yeah. Um, so how can you know fans of TJP get in contact with you? Do you have you know I know you have Twitter. Do you have a Facebook as well? Well, I I have a Facebook fan page that that was made for me, but I the address escapes me at the moment. But if uh, if you check my Twitter, um, I I am I'm sure that I'll you know repost it so that people can check it out, uh, which I would love for them to do. Um, the fellow that made it for me is you know, incredibly nice guy and, and, uh, and, uh, is always trying to add stuff to it, I think. So, um, and then my form spring page, which, you know, I, I can be pretty brutally honest at times with my <laughs> answers, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't bite and I'm not like a mean guy or anything, but if, if anybody, uh, you know, wants to ask questions or something there, you could go to form spring. Uh, I think the name is TJP 1984, and then you know, just you can follow me on Twitter at MegaTJP, and that's pretty much it. I'm kind of reclusive, so <laughs> <laughs> I've never been much into making uh, websites and merchandise and all that stuff. I just, you know, I just want to be a normal guy like everybody else. So, um, you know, just come find me like everybody else would. So, okay, uh, thank you so much for joining us. No, thanks um, for having me. It's anytime you want to come back on and tell some more stories, no problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I definitely. I'll uh, I'll write some good ones down. I have more that are even funnier than the Seamus one, I think. But, uh, <laughs> I'm glad I remembered that one. So. Okay, so uh, yeah, thanks once again, and uh, hopefully we'll speak to you soon. All right, terrific, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five ROH Cast by ROHWorld.com. It's a very special episode this week. No, it's episode four. <laughs> yeah, oh, is it? <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.